I mean, kids ask the best questions often at the worst times, but you'll be talking about something and they'll throw out a question that's just completely unrelated. And, you know, wait, what about dinosaurs? Or why did Jesus have to get baptized? Or, you know, all these questions that are, I mean, incredible theological questions and things that you want to engage students with, even if it's not at all what you're trying to talk about in the moment. And I think seminary gives you an opportunity to either have the answers and, and know at least what other people have said, but also gives you a chance to say, hey, I don't necessarily know the answer to that right now, but I know how to find the answer. Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, which aims to advance gospel-centered youth ministry by equipping and empowering youth ministers to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. The Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference Podcast, the Rooted Parent Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. To learn more about Rooted, visit rootedministry.com. I'm your host, Davis Lacey. Uh, You know, it is early October as we record this at Rooted's 2022 National Conference here in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, As a baseball fan, I'm thinking about the fact that I don't have a baseball team to watch uh, because they got a first-round bye in the playoffs. And uh, my guest is looking forward to actually being able to watch his team play some baseball, from what I hear. Uh, Unfortunately so. Mac Harris, New York Mets fan. Uh, Mac, other than than having kind of poor baseball choices, man, it's an honor to have you on this podcast. How are you, bro? I'm doing great. It's so good to be here. Uh, Let's go Mets, but unfortunate for what how the season ended for us <laughs> i uh I, i'm gonna give a shout out to tucker fleming right now he he and i were having dinner and uh he shared with me that you were a mets fan i was like really oh man um so man i i'm sorry as, as a braves fan who's been on the other side of that coin more times than once that's it's painful and brutal um but it couldn't happen to a better team so Anyway, man, I'm grateful to have you here. For those of you who may not be familiar with Mac, uh, we actually did a podcast with him a little bit earlier uh, where we talked about the Romans curriculum that he authored for Rooted Reservoir. That was a real blessing and a treat, so I would commend that resource to you. Uh, Mac lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he's a student at Reformed Theological Seminary, and he also does youth ministry at Hope Community Church. So, bro, welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Man, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and help our listeners get to know you. Uh, what made you discern a call to pursue seminary? And I'm sure some of that's got to do with your call to to pursue pastoral ministry in general. But tell us a little bit about your, your sense of call to ministry and specifically your sense of call to pursue theological education. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like you said, I'm, I'm a current seminary student at RTS in Charlotte and... Uh, if you'd asked high school Mac if that was where I was going to end up, I would have said, what is seminary? I, uh, I was a youth group kid. I was super involved in, um, you know, maybe a, a, t- a tad or a lot pharisaical mm. as a middle school, as middle of school and a high schooler. Um, but I never would have thought that going into ministry was what um, God had for me. I uh, really thought I was going to med school. And I think for in one of the, one of the ways was just that's how I thought I could help people. And sure. that's what I thought was important. And being a doctor felt like the only way I could do that. And uh, I got to college and science got really hard. And so that kind of hit me in the face and knocked me on my back. And uh, thanks to my RUF pastor, I think I kind of saw some of the uh, ways I was really living and, and working to fit the expectations that other people were raising for me and um, not necessarily listen to the the callings and the desires that maybe God was putting in my heart. And um, I think over the course of my college career, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do and a lot of uncertainty, but God kind of steered me towards different churches and working for Church of the Advent in Birmingham and Brookwood Baptist in Birmingham and just a couple different experiences in youth ministry. And by the time I was a senior in, in uh, college, I 
still don't know what I wanted to do, but um, decided to do the Fells program, which is like a, a year-long leadership and vocational yeah. discernment program that's super incredible, um, especially if you're trying to figure out what you want to do. And in many ways, I did it so that I wouldn't go immediately into the church because I that's all the only work experience that I had. And I wanted to do something else and just see what it was like to not to work a regular nine to five. And of course, I got placed in a in a nonprofit ministry and was taking seminary classes. And the more I did that, the more I realized that, man, I missed being around um, students and doing student ministry. And I wanted to take more seminary classes. And really, by the time um, this was this was all going through 2019, 2020, when the pandemic hit, it kind of, you know, life stopped for everybody. And uh, going to seminary had been something that had been, you know, on my mind more and more. And it just became really possible to be a student and start that online. And um, an opportunity opened up a Hope Community Church for for youth ministry. And so I think a lot of um, God has really opened a lot of doors. And even though there's a lot of uncertainty along the way, I think looking back, it's easy to see just the ways, the, the, the path that he was laying for me to kind of get to where I am now. Yeah, absolutely, man. So tell me a little bit about some of the classes that you've taken in seminary. You're about two thirds of the way through, you were telling me earlier, right? Yes. So yes. two thirds of the way through. Tell me a little bit about um, what are some of the things that you have learned in seminary that have specifically been helpful to you as you have done youth ministry at Hope Community Church? Yeah, I think um, in particular, well, there's obviously a lot of different theology classes and Bible classes and everything. And there are also a lot of practical and pastoral classes sure. that we've gotten to take. And those have been the most impactful for me. And even just thinking about our our youth group and the the way that COVID affected us and kind of made us go all the way back to square one. Um, I took a, a class that was actually um, a college ministry class, really a philosophy of ministry, kind of how we do college ministry on a campus. And then I took that at the same time as I took a youth ministry class. And they talk a lot about philosophy ministry for youth ministry as well. And just kind of like what, what you want to, how to build up a youth ministry and what the, the mission, the mission of your church's youth ministry and the vision and how you want to accomplish that. And just kind of putting these pieces together and just was really practical um, and helped me see like, okay, this is the theology that I'm learning and the, the systematics and these, you know, big terms that I, maybe I didn't really know going in, but this is how, you know, these, all this head knowledge on one side gets put together with um, kind of boots on the ground when you're actually interacting with students and people who maybe don't want to be there on a Sunday night yeah, and sure. uh, how, how you actually, you know, put justification and talk about that to a middle schooler. And so um, really, really uh, not every class is practical at seminary uh, or is, is directly practical, sure. I should say. Um, but some of the ones that are, are really more steered towards how you're interacting with people, how you're teaching the Bible, things like that are just so, been so, so good for me. Yeah. Have you felt like when I went into seminary, I, I mean, I assumed that I was going to have some things that were going to be good for me personally, mm-hmm. like growing as a Christian theology, um, you know, Old Testament surveys, New Testament surveys, maybe even Greek and Hebrew, that kind of stuff. And then I sort of had this false dichotomy of like, and then there's going to be stuff that's going to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so like preaching classes, uh, you know, intro to pastoral ministry, you know, kind of practicums, that sort of stuff. And what I found in seminary was really some of the most practical classes or practically applicable classes were classes that I felt like were going to be more academic and for personal development. Have, have you found that to be the case for you or or is, is your experience a little different? Yeah, I think that the classes that I think are almost speaking most to my heart and kind of helping me see, wow, this is just such a beautiful, um, whether it's, you know, scripture is so beautiful or, or the doctrine of, um, you know, grace or, or justification yeah. or whatever it might be is just like 
just blowing my mind even in, you know beyond what I ever imagined um, and seeing God is so much bigger than than we, we can wrap our heads around like those are the moments where I'm like I'm being prepared for ministry because I'm seeing my own finiteness and seeing That's my good. own smallness and my own need for God um, in those moments and even just classes like we'll, we'll take a, an hour-long class on personal sanctification or an hour-long class on uh, uh, the classics of personal devotion in these classes where I think, okay, this is more of a me class. And then I end up reading it and I'm like, these are the most practical things that I'm going to read. And these are the most, you know, things I want to re- return to. These are things I'd recommend to people and d- d- are just going to shape the way I think about my own life, the way I think about ministering to others. And um, so those kind of things are, I think are oftentimes the classes you least expect. That's great, man. That's awesome. Well, Hey, I want to talk about uh, maybe some exhortations or encouragements you would have for our own listeners today when it comes to theological education. Before we do, let me give a pause so that we can hear a word from one of today's sponsors of this episode. Youth workers, have you ever experienced the puzzle of building a discipleship strategy for your students? Trying to find the curriculum pieces to fit in the places of Sunday school, small groups, and events can be a true challenge. In a search for traditional curriculum, it's difficult to find the format, length, topics, and themes that best fit the vision you have for teaching your students. Sometimes you order a curriculum study only to realize some of the theology doesn't line up with what your church or denomination would teach. With your youth ministry curriculum, you can have the freedom of a custom curriculum piece built for your ministry. Imagine curriculum built by someone else to free you up to focus on investing in students based on your schedule, your format, and your theology that will best equip your leaders to disciple your students. You and your students can find the perfect piece to fit your discipleship strategy with custom content from your youth ministry curriculum. Visit us online at youryouthministrycurriculum.com and let's start a conversation on how your next small group, Sunday school lesson, or event resource can maximize biblical content for your students today. All right, Mac, listening to this podcast are folks who um, may or may not be discerning a call to step into vocational ministry or may or may not be discerning a call to step in uh, and begin a process of formal theological education. And I know my own process of both of those things, but especially when it came to seminary, uh, there were things that I said, yeah, it'll be helpful if I can do seminary. But there are also sort of some of these pushbacks, right? These natural natural resistances. And so what are some of the common objections you feel like you hear uh, in general, but specifically when it comes to somebody in your shoes in youth ministry? What are some of the common objections that you hear about going to seminary? And do you feel like some of them are valid? Uh, do you feel like they're not valid? How would you help us navigate those? Yeah, I think, I mean, one thing right off the bat is just the price and sure financially how feasible is it to go to seminary and um i think not to minimize that because that's obviously a a really big thing and maybe a a reason to not go to seminary for a little while if you can't afford it yeah um but just that churches and scholarships and all these things are available in different ways to help pay for it and to pace yourself and go slowly so that's a valid concern but i think one that seminaries have worked really hard to alleviate in a lot of ways and i think specific to youth ministry i think even thinking about my own um, journey knowing that I missed student ministry and maybe thinking, should I just go find a job at a church and just try to dive straight in? I think that there's a kind of a, a false perception of, well, I don't need seminary to go into youth ministry. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not preaching on Sunday mornings. And so I don't need to have, you know, the languages. I don't need to have all these, all this theological knowledge because I'm teaching, you know, 13, 14, 15 year olds. And um, in one sense, 
you can stand up there and you can give a good youth talk sure. without having um, read John Calvin and, sure. and all the sure. all the reformers and, and things like that. But on the other hand, I think there's so much of a if we treat students like oh they're just a 12 year old and you know treat them like they're spiritual toddlers and think that we only need to be spiritual toddlers to interact with them, then they're not going to grow and we're not going to grow. And I think that seminary just gives you such a good foundation um, and such a firm, yeah, firm foundation to stand on when you're talking to students and just an ability where, I mean, kids ask the best questions often at the worst times, but you'll be talking about something and they'll throw out a question that's just completely unrelated. And, you know, wait, what about dinosaurs or yeah, why did yeah, Jesus yeah, have to get yeah, baptized yeah, sure. or, you know, all these, all these questions that are, I mean, incredible theological questions and um, things that you want to engage students with, even if it's not at all what you're trying to talk about in the moment. And I think seminary gives you an opportunity to say, to, to either have the answers and, and know at least what other people have said, but also gives you a chance to say, Hey, I don't necessarily know the answer to that right now, but I know how to find the answer. And I know how to read and I know how to, um, look at what other people have said and, and to know who to trust um, to help us get to that ourselves and work through that together. And so um, I think, yeah, I th- to the, to the objection of, I don't, you don't need seminary to be in youth ministry. I mean, in one sense, yes, you don't, but if you want to continue to grow yourself as a, as a youth minister and as a pastor, um, and if you want those students to continue to grow, I think that seminary is an excellent um, way to, to do that and to push yourself and to push your students. Yeah, that's great, man. I, I agree with you as well. So let's talk now to the youth worker who says, okay, yeah, I, I want to do seminary, but whether it's time and capacity, whether it's finance, you know, whatever it may be, there's some level of, of inertia that I've got to overcome. Or maybe even talk to the youth minister who is thinking about seminary but isn't hundred percent sure. Are there some like some on ramps or some dipping the toes in the water, like some first steps, even baby steps that folks can take in that direction, even if they're not ready to hundred percent fully commit? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I mean one of the best things you can do is just talk to somebody who's in seminary, talk to someone who has been in seminary before, talk to people who know you well, who are older and wiser, and just say, hey, is this something that you think God might be calling me to, and would you pray about this with me, and just. Um, invite other people into that conversation um, in the first place. And then I think so many seminaries, you know, offer um, visitation days and ways where you can come and just talk to their admissions team and talk to professors and just talk to students and see what it is like actually to go to seminary and be a student on campus or be a student remotely and things like that. And um, a lot of stu- seminaries will offer chances for you to audit a class or to take an intensive, which is like a week long or maybe yes. a weekend yep. class. Um, or even a class completely remotely. And you can just take one at a time or spend a week out of your summer taking a class and just see, hey, do I like this academic grind a little bit? Am I ready to write papers again and do some reading again? And uh, yeah, just just dive back in, um, but walk in, I suppose, instead of diving in through the shallow end. That makes yeah. sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, that's great, man. I, the last question I've got for you is, is one where we can just dream a little bit. And that's this. You know, We talk about intergenerational integration. And uh, we talk about that in terms of teenagers and involving teenagers, the church's younger members, into the life of all facets of the church. Uh, but here's a chance to talk about intergenerational integration and talk about churches um, really owning and investing into their youth workers and their youth workers' development. Uh, I would love for you maybe to daydream a little bit about what it would look like for a church to say, here's our youth pastor, or here's a youth ministry volunteer who has aspirations to pastoral ministry. You know, whatever it would be, 
what would it look like for a church to make a commitment to a youth worker and say, we want to invest in your future, whether it's here, whether it's in a different church, we want to invest in your development. Here's how we can make theological education more accessible, more feasible, more affordable. What might that look like? And do you feel like that's a wise idea? Oh, I, I think that's an incredible idea. Um, I, I know that there are churches that have um, set aside funds in the budget from from fundraising and just in terms of, hey, uh, we want to set aside money each year to pay for someone to at least par- help pay for someone to go to seminary if that's what they feel called to. And even just letting kids know as they go off to high school or if they're in college or whenever that, hey, we have this money. And if you're ever interested, even just taking a class, like we want to help you be able to explore this and we want to talk through that with you. Um, So financially, I think that's one way that it can work. But I think even more practically, just inviting youth pastors and youth workers into your home. And um, especially if, if uh, someone is new to the church or still trying to get to know the families, like as, as a parent and as uh, as, yeah, as a parent with with students in the youth ministry, it's very easy to just drop the kids off um, at youth group and say, Hey, go disciple my kids. I'm going to pick them up in two hours. But for, you to do the opposite as well and say, Hey, I want for you, I want to invite the youth worker into my home and have you over for dinner, have you and your wife, you and your husband over for dinner and just invite you into our family and just make that um, partnering with parents that Rudy talks about so much, but just bringing you as a, as a youth worker into the family and seeing what it's like for um, the, the students family life and, and get, get to know the parents better and get to know the students better in their home life. And um, yeah, just inviting them in, in different ways and, different families coming together and, and doing that as well, I think are, are such a great way that um, families can just say thanks to youth workers yeah. for loving their kids so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, man. Well, bro, I appreciate you taking a few moments and sharing this with you, um, sharing this with you, sharing this with us. It's uh retired. I was at a, I was at a conference before this conference. So this is like day four of conference. <laughs> my, uh, my introvert batteries are running a little bit low. Hey, you and me both. It's been two hours for me. <laughs> Tell me this. Any any final words of wisdom? And, and if so, or even if not, let us know how we can keep up with you in your ministry. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know if I have any wisdom to offer. I'm all wisdomed out. I did. I, I'll say this. I heard someone in the con- in the conference say this a few minutes ago, but that the youth ministry isn't a curbside delivery mm. of where you just drop your kids off and then come back later. But uh, the, the discipleship happens Um primarily in the home, but also coming alongside youth workers. So that's not me. I want to say that was Josh's son. It's good wisdom. It's good wisdom. That may have been Brashtag. David Brashler, Mm. I think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Brashtag. That's awesome, bro. How can we follow follow up with you as you uh, continue in seminary, as you're uh, trucking along, serving the church through Rooted? How can we keep up with your ministry? Oh, my goodness. I just say be praying for for Hope Community Church, for our youth group. We'll, we'll hopefully continue to be involved with Rooted going forward. But man, I just love this ministry. So prayers for that. Amen, bro. Well, listeners, we hope that you also love our ministry. And I want to thank you uh, for listening to this podcast episode. Even as we say thanks to Mac for joining us. Uh, you know, we get great guests who have great wisdom, uh, but it wouldn't be possible to do that without your support as a listener. So thank you for that. And if you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit us at rootedministry.com. As always, we give a special thanks to High Street Hymns for providing the music for this podcast. And on behalf of all of us here at Rooted, my name is Davis Lacey. Thanks for listening.
to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast.